Hello and welcome back to the Young American Podcast. My name is Britt. We are continuing on this week with our Young American Movie Series. And without this movie, you may not have the Young American Podcast. And without our special guest, you for sure would not have your two favorite twins, Chris and I. I hope you enjoy this uh, episode. I really, really loved it. It's probably one of my favorite we've recorded. We did go a little lengthy, but bear with because I promise you, you're going to be entertained. As always, we love interacting with you guys and just receiving any kind of feedback that you'll give us. Subscribe or reach out to us at youngamericantalk at gmail.com. You can see the social media platforms at Young American Pod. If you've enjoyed some of our interviews, please follow some of those guys that we've had on. If you've enjoyed some of these music and movie reviews, let us know. And if you just like to hear us tell stories, we're all going to sit down next week and share some stories with you guys. But for now, this is Young American Movies on the Young American Podcast. All right, folks, this is it. This is it. Here we go. This is the big one. Are you ready? In our, how many episodes have we done? In our our over 40 episodes, the one that people liked the most tends to be the storytelling. But the intro that people liked the most is either Eva, blessed little Eva, or the man, the myth, the legend. You're going to need a bigger boat. We're going to need a bigger pod. (laughs) The legend himself. Here he is. Bigfoot has entered the building. The chief. Old Clayton. Dad. Hi, Here guys. he is. How are you, sir? <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm doing well. We were tending to go a little shorter on these movie episodes, movie and music episodes, but you're going to have to uh, just oblige us because we've got the chief here, so we're going to go along this episode. Well, we've been looking forward to this for a long, long time. I kind of can't believe it's our, it's our uh, it's happening. We do get a lot of good feedback of that one that just starts with, which is my personal favorite. Hello. Yeah, you were on the uh, uh, Car Trouble episode. You had a call-in. You were our first call-in. That's right. I did. I can't remember what I said, but that's okay. So, oh my gosh, you brought a Narragansett? Look at you. For just such a time as this. What is a Narragansett? Shout out to uh, Nathan Music and uh, Noah Deshar. A Narragansett is the beer that... Quint is drinking. Really? Oh, oh, wow. The old soup can that he just crushes like that. Oh, yeah. And then Brody just crushes the No, paper not Brody. Um, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hooper. Hooper. All right. A Chris, cup. tell him what we're doing. All right. So this is in in the, uh, the vein. We've been pivoting a little bit to doing some of our favorite movies and music. Maybe you do. Maybe you don't like that. We are going to do a movie, and we are going to do a movie that is near and dear to all of our hearts. This is just the Pendleton Men. That's right. So yeah. this, is, this is Brit. This is Chris. And this is Clay. And these are the young Americans themselves. Uh, we are going to do a movie that we were introduced to... Very young. Very young. One, some might say too young. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. We were hoping to do this movie around Halloween because it is a scary movie. However, um, we didn't get to it, and so we're doing it right now. Jaws. Jaws. 
That's right. So it actually was supposed to be released at Christmas. Did you know that? <laughs> yes, Perfect. exactly. So it ended up being one of the first summer movies that they didn't think was going to do very well. Cue the, tra um, cue the trailer. Give them the trailer. Cue the right. trailer. All right. Here, we'll, we'll give you the trailer right here. There is a creature alive today who has survived millions of years of evolution without change, without passion, and without logic. It lives to kill. A mindless eating machine. It will attack and devour anything. It is as if God created the devil and gave him jaws, maybe too intense for younger children. I actually did have a note on the trailer because you can hear in those old school trailers. Do you remember the trailer, Dad? I don't think I do. It's got a bunch of shots and just like this movie was, was released in 1975 and it was in the summertime and every trailer, probably all the way up through the 90s, they've all got that voice that goes like this. The guy, there's Don LaFontaine Don, La Don LaFontaine yes, or, or other yes. people that sound like it. And I wrote down a line <laughs> from the trailer in the end before it says the title, it's as if God created the devil. And gave him Jaws. <laughs> I don't think that one took off, but kind of odd. Here's what I want to know. Before we get into cutting up the movie, something that you guys don't know is, my dad, you were born and raised in Long Beach, California. Long Beach, California. Seal Beach was my hangout. We were down at the beach, junior high and high school. How old time. were you in 1975? 1975, I was a junior in high school. So you were there for the mass hysteria that happened with Jaws. So I want to know, will you tell us a little bit about that, what that was like? There was mass hysteria. You'd go down to the beach and people wouldn't go in. I, I remember one time going on a double date with your mom before we were married. Shout out, Rachel. This, this would be probably 77. And my best friend, Tom Patterson... Tommy and his girlfriend at the time, she would not go in the water because she was afraid of Jaws. And we told her that they had stretched out a net from pier to pier <laughs> to make the ocean safe. So she went in. But it really was. It changed perspective on because you were there. I mean, it wouldn't matter to anybody here in Kentucky or anything like that. But what was it like living on the West Coast where sharks are actually something that occurs there? I It, it freaked people out. I, I can remember one time I was down south. It was actually Encinitas, which is in California, about halfway to San Diego. And I was body surfing and I was about to duck under a wave. There's a great big wave. And, you know, before they break, you can kind of see through it. And I saw this big body that was about eight foot long swim right in front of me and for a split second, it was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> you just saw, like, the shadow of it. No, no, I, I could see it. In, you know, in how, the wave. In the wave. I could oh see it God. going through the wave. And it wasn't, uh, you, when you say big body, not a person. It wasn't a person. <laughs> and Define I, I, what body surfing is for us land folk. Big it's, body. It's surfing without a board. Surfing without a board, okay. Okay, you catch the wave. Sometimes you have a little styrofoam board, sometimes called a boogie board. I used to use fins, little tiny fins that you could that you could amp up real fast just torpedo people but this was this body went through and and for a second it freaked me out and then immediately i knew 
it was a dolphin. Oh, oh wow. really? Yeah, yeah. And it was probably four feet from me. <laughs> So it did freak me out. Do you recall seeing it for the first time? I think we saw probably bits and pieces. Well, I mean, so this is something that I, I'm I'm realizing. I was listening to somebody talk about this, and I realized that my kids will never understand what it meant to turn on the TV and just surf channels and sure. go, like, whatever is on is what you're watching. You it's like, to, oh, yeah, yeah, here it is. I do have a very distinct memory of, of being with you, and you were watching, you were like, oh, this is Jaws. Oh, this is Jaws. And you're like, here, we'll we'll watch this. Oh, wow. And it was like, uh, oh, yeah, check this out. And Blythe has this more than than Reese or Bo, but where she really likes to be scared. Sure. Where she's intrigued by it. And she's like, oh, tell me, what is this? And Brennan is really into Jurassic Park. And he was showing something about, she was listening to him talk about Jurassic Park. And I was explaining to her what it was. And I was explaining to her there was a movie that it's, when I was your age, here's what the, you know this movie came out. But yeah, I do distinctly remember. I don't remember watching the whole when I saw we saw the whole movie because probably we never owned it on VHS, did we? I I have it on DVD, but it was after Callie was born. Callie started watching it at about seven years old, and she loved it. But she did we ever? It. We didn't own it on v, on VHS. I don't right? believe so. No. Yeah, I just it was it was a very iconic. I remember walking through the video rental stores, and it was a very iconic cover. You know, the horror movie section was like the section that we technically we would never have been allowed to rent from, but. For sure, when mom was looking the other way, Britton and I are slipping into the the horror movie section and and walking through. And I remember like the infamous covers of you know, there's Friday the Thirteenth sure. with the silhouette. Here's and Jaws was in horror the, and just staring at that front cover because it's that I was talking about just like the poster and the, and that. Oh that yeah, was, and, and that's you probably might've... my first like just seeing it. It's got the the woman swimming on the top, and then the uh, you know the shark just coming up from underneath, and it's massive. Can I can I tell you about the time the first time that I saw it? Please do. Please okay. do. Okay, I saw it. Actually, it was probably six months before I started dating your mom, and me and a couple of friends went to the drive-in to see it. Now, the particular drive-in I went to, they had built a car dealership right next to it. And the car dealership sided the drive-in on two, uh, it, there were three screens on the drive-in, and two of them sided alongside this dealership, and they had huge lights. So the scene, the first scene when the girl gets pulled down by the shark, I yeah. barely saw it, because the screen never got dark. It, Arguably it, one of the scariest opening more, scenes and and I did I didn't see it in the scene because of the washout. Yeah, in the scene um, where where Hooper goes scuba diving down with the boat and the head comes out. The ben Gardner. Ben Gardner. I didn't see that at all. <laughs> I did not see it because it was still light outside, or because no, no, because the car dealership because of the lights. Light. Okay, so the washout so, from the car so dealership. So it never got the screen. Never got really really dark, so you couldn't see that. I saw the movie seven eight months later with your mom and jumped when i saw that <laughs> and she said what's wow. going on because because i couldn't see completely that. new movie yeah it was now it was. tell us was this the same uh, infamous uh, drive-in theater where you you and your childhood friends put a padlock on the exit <laughs> and <laughs> launched water balloons over all of the viewers yeah we we might have done that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so all these people, you can imagine Southern California driving in there with their convertibles, 
you decide, oh, hey, we're bored. How old were you in middle school? High school. (laughs) (laughs) Just threw a chain on the exit and padlocked it. And who was whose house was? Well, that that Tom Patterson, the one that his house backed up to the drive-in, and he had a garage that was a separate from his house, and we made a water balloon launcher. That oh, was it, made was, at, it was it was homemade. It was homemade. It was made. We Amazing. cut a Clorox bottle. We cut it, the end of it off and had surgical tubing, and two people would stand up on the roof, and the other would pull the water balloon <laughs> down, and we would launch balloons into the water, into the um, drive-in. <laughs> it was great fun. Amazing. And then when the police came, we'd hide out in his uh, in his garage, which he slept in. He had They'd made their garage into a bedroom. Somebody still tells that story about the worst first date they've ever had, where they just got a giant water balloon <laughs> in the face <laughs> and a black eye. What do you say? How old were you, a junior in high school, when you saw this movie? The first time I was a junior, it was the, the summer between... So uh, someone was probably seeing Jaws in this washed-out yeah. <laughs> screen saying, that wasn't as scary as it, they it, said it, it was. Wasn't. And then, and then I, all of a sudden, it, it again, just it was like, smashed whoa. in the face. <laughs> <laughs> what would you... You owned a convertible. What would you do if you were driving that thing and all of a sudden just got smacked with a water balloon in your interior? I'd be pretty mad. <laughs> So I'll tell you a little bit about my experience with this movie. And it's similar to Chris's where maybe seeing it on TV, catching it on TV or something like that. But I recall seeing, I think just being a little kid and I know now having a son, just how much like they don't sit and watch movies from front to back. They kind of pop in and out. So I kind of remember like, and when adults are talking and you're a little kid, you can't really compute what's going on or anything like that. So I remember watching it with you. And Chris mentioned my son's really into Jurassic Park. He's only seen Jurassic World front to back. He's seen bits and pieces of Jurassic Park and has no idea how scary it is. Oddly enough, do you recall you saying the line about uh, (laughs) taking your wife to go see Jaws and having no idea what the scary parts were? We begged and pleaded you to take us to Jurassic Park. And we went and you told us the whole thing. You like, well, let me consider it. You sat on it for a couple of days and you're like, all right, you're eight years old, 1993. We go... Surely, yeah. Let me pray about this. Well, so you let us go, and the opening scene. I forgot about that. The <laughs> opening scene: the dude gets knocked off the raptor Loading cage team. and Step away. sucked in there while they're all trying By to tase it, and he is slowly being devoured to death. Chris and I's knees are knocking, and Dad, as that scene ends, turns to us and goes, "Sorry, I forgot about that." <laughs> I sense a trend coming on here. <laughs> anyway, um, I know that when you watch movies with your kids, I will tend to be like, okay, close your eyes. Like, it's not like, don't watch. So I don't think I couldn't tell you when I actually watched this thing all the way through, but I did notice a couple of things, maybe about myself or about Chris and I's life. Number one, every time I closed my eyes in a body of water, Jaws was out in the ocean. Jaws was in the swimming pool when we would go and stay overnight on New Year's Eve. If you closed your eyes in the bathtub for too long, Jaws was inside there with you. Terrified of bodies of water, especially when you can't see your feet, when it's murky, anything like that. Chris and I grew up in Minnesota. I remember swimming and thinking, there's a, a, a freshwater lake shark in here. I guarantee it, just somewhere in here. But I noticed something. So I do remember... 
going to like Huntington Beach and stuff, and you'd always, what's your vision like? Because you wear glasses. Uh, my vision, I'm legally blind without my glasses. Always have been. So here's the thing. Chief's blind, but when he takes off his glasses and he's in a body of water, he will duck down in the water and just torpedo. And all of a sudden, I remember getting pulled under the water <laughs> Oh yeah, as a small child at the beach. And it was like, if you could not see dad's head, if he wasn't popped up somewhere, like, you better get ready because he's going to jerk you under the water. And it was like, you would you you would pop up and you do that da 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 da, and then all of a sudden you're getting launched. So number one, I don't I know. I did how. that mostly to your mom, though. <laughs> yes, you did. Mostly to everybody, <laughs> but mostly to your mother. But anyone that was in the 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 perif. But I noticed this. I watch movies differently by watching you really? watch Jaws. Okay. My wife can't stand this about me. But when I watch a movie, I will watch it once all the way through. Sure. And I'll watch it again, and I'll rewind it, and I'll pause it, and I'll put on subtitles, and then I'll take them off, and then I'll watch it and study this, and I'll pause it, and I'll mm -hmm. take and look up this. And you are the same way. Yeah. When you watch a movie, you <clears throat> will get obsessed with it. And you will watch it again and again, almost like a film student studying it. I remember you doing this with Die Hard, with Gettysburg, Tombstone. with Jaws, Tombstone, The Warrior, I, all of these different movies. And I think that when Chris and I got old enough that we could we could start to watch movies, Chief, you gave us that love for movies because you were like, okay, uh, how about every week I'll pick out something and we'll watch it together. And you showed us classics. Like I remember watching Rebecca. We watched Rear Window. You showed us Romancing the Stone. You showed us Jaws. And we've kind of continued some of that tradition. At Cal State Long Beach, one of my favorite classes is I took, it was actually technically in the literature department. It was called Radio TV. And it looked at cinema and TV as as literature, as a media. And homework was to go watch a couple of movies. And you could choose some of them, but he assigned us two movies. One was Broadcast News, and the other was this movie that he said was going to be a classic. He said, it's a low-budget movie. It's going to be a classic, and you really need to see it. So I took Mom on your mom on a date she did not want to go see this movie because it was about boxing and it was called rocky and he was very <laughs> prophetic and it was amazing and your mom loved the movie so incredible he, did, he knew that it was going to be he that's what he world. said yeah yeah that and, that isn't that famously like no one would take that script finally some like you know small producing studio grabbed it and he funded it himself everybody wanted to cast someone else someone else and, and he and said no Stallone wanted to do it yeah. and and i remember maybe that's part of what the criticalness of going through and seeing look at look at how this works look at how what they talk about where spielberg his big um he he wanted to get a scream and and the scream is when the first one was when the shark comes up when he's chumming Yes, when Chief yes. is chumming. And so he wanted to do another one. And that was when Ben Gardner's head comes out. And he said he noticed the first time he did a screening, it wasn't with the Ben Gardner thing. It was that. He got he got a huge scream and people were terrified. He said when he showed it again, he got the scream in the second one, 
But the big scream was when Ben Gardner's head came out, and, he, and Spielberg said, I realize then you only get one. You only get one per movie, one big jump big scare. Big one. Otherwise, people are Garda. Th- then they get guarded on it. So That's inter- interesting that you say that, too, because I remember you, I mean, we, we always attribute our love for movies to you specifically in, in that, and I remember that was like a big, I can't remember, let me see, when, when the, it came out, but. 1975? No, not not that one. But the movie Air Force One came out, and when Dad was taking you to go see a movie, or when you suggested a movie, you knew it wasn't going to be bad. There was probably going to be, you know, some sort of terrorist involved, or some sort of uh, guns ablazing, or some monster that's coming out. Dad's Dad's not taking you to go see Little Women. He's he's going to <laughs> yeah. take you to see Harrison Ford, you know, kick a terrorist off of Air Force One. So. And but that was the first movie that we went to go see in theater where they said uh, it was R-rated, and that was a big deal to Britton and I that we were like we were going to see an R-rated movie, and they had to check your ID and like. Oh really? I don't remember that, but I was yeah, I was okay with that. So, okay, so the IMD write-up says when a killer shark unleashes chaos on a beach community off Cape Cod, it's up to a local sheriff, a marine biologist, and an old seafarer to hunt the beast down. So this was based on a book. What's the guy's name? He's in the movie. He's a reporter in the movie. I do remember that. Peter Benchley. Peter Benchley. Peter Benchley. Yes. Written by Peter Benchley. Spielberg selected to shoot it, and it's really his his first big movie. He'd done sure. TV. He'd done dramas. He'd done made-for-TV movies. A very famous movie called The Duel that was made for I, TV. I, I saw that when it first came out. Did you really? It was an amazing movie, and... and a kid next door and we we thought that it was just amazing it was with dennis weaver and you never see the truck driver you just never see him and it, and the guy's out to try to kill him and it's amazing real low budget shout out dennis weaver this is a very famous project very cursed project so what is it's it's shot amity island is the fictional island off of new england and it's actually shot at martha's vineyard right mm-hmm. Yeah, so he wanted to do he he wanted to shoot it on the water. It's it was the very first it's one of the very first movies that's actually shot on the water. If you go back and you watch all these old navy movies, there may be one shot, but it's it's the one movie where they actually it's not on a set. So they actually and it wasn't filmed in like a Hollywood tank or something like that. He actually wanted to film on the water, so he went to Martha's Vineyard. Do you know why? Cuz it was only 30 feet deep. And- yes. If the shark or anything yeah, died, it, they build a they mechanical could, shark, and they, they if it sunk, he knew that they could actually get it at that depth. So they went instead of shooting it in the <laughs> Pacific, where you know Word. where it just drops off into nothing. There, they went to Martha's Vineyard, where it is it is thirty five feet at most. Well, the name of the shark is Bruce, Bruce. right? Which yeah. is very funny. Callback: uh, Finding Nemo, uh, the big shark in that one. Or, you know, your nephew's obsessed with that movie. The big shark in that yeah. one's named Bruce, which he named it after Spielberg's lawyer. Yes, is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But one of the things that made this movie so good is they had terrible trouble with the shark. Yep. And it right. Was broken most of the time. I guess they were working on it the whole time, respray painting it. He had to kind of go into an Alfred Hitchcock technique, and you don't see the shark till the end. It's just yeah. terrifying. You know it's coming. Which was know? not by design. It was out of necessity that they Absolutely. did that. And and he made friends at the time with John Williams. He had made friends yes. with him. And 
there's an incredible, incredible uh, podcast series. I encourage any of you guys that are listening to check it out. It's called Blockbuster, and they do a season about a director or a, or a movie making. And, and um, the very first season is called Blockbuster, and it's the story of Steven Spielberg and George Lucas. And it, it uh, catalogs this. It. It's really yeah, good. it's incredibly good. But they talk about it very troubled set at one point they sunk the orca yep. which is the boat that they go out to mm-hmm. to capture the the shark with they fastened a line onto the the boat and they had a little speed boat and what they were going to do they were trying to get a big like jerk on the to make it look like the shark, shark was hit hit it. hit it yeah and they got this really lightweight rope that was supposed to break if it got <laughs> too too yeah. tight well, they floored it. The motorboat goes off, and they ripped a piece of the hull out, <laughs> and the orca begins to sink with all of the camera equipment and crew on it. Just one of many days of just very cursed projects. Well, and that's they said that they they stopped. So originally, the way that you would film something like that is you would hammer down the the cameras. You'd, you'd fasten them to the hull. A lot of this movie is handheld. Like, if you watch it, I mean, the, the shots are kind of all over the place. Yeah. And it's because that they they were worried about that happening again. So well, you, you th- see that again. And, and which is the right choice. I mean, he did. There's a lot of famous production designers and, and cinematographers that kind of came from this lineage. But they learned a lot on this set. Because if you would, if you would imagine, it's the first time that they're filming something out on the ocean could you imagine just like you'd, you'd, you'd get have got seasick? seasick. Yeah. You'd have got seasick. Your mom and I went on a sailboat to Catalina, and it was six hours one way, little tiny boat. It took and six hours to get there. To get there and get back, yeah. Ugh. And it it was awful. It was awful. I think we all lost our lunch on the way Ugh. over there. There's a great so I, I rewatched it. Britain and I rewatched it, and so because Bruce that the shark didn't work, he kind of he 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 had planned in there. The storyboard, if you look at the storyboard for the picture, the shark, or for the movie, the shark is in it way more than yeah. it is. It just wasn't working. But the camera guy, the he like built a box, a waterproof box for the camera, and it's got a glass front to it. And so when you see it, he does a lot of the camera going up and out from under the water and then back down, and you see even that very opening scene, you see the feet... He's built that rig, and it was the first time that they'd really done something like that, where it could it could submerge and then go back up. If you watch that, the audio engineering on that is incredible, because especially in the very in the scene where the little Kitchener kid gets eaten. Kitner, excuse me, Kitner. When the Kitner kid gets eaten, as it goes up out of the water, watch it again and and listen to the sound as it goes up and out. It, it like fuzzes every time it bobs. It's oh, really? Inc- yeah, it's incredible. I was watching it last night, just checking oh, it wow. out. That's pretty cool. Why don't we start with the opening? Okay. Yeah, that sounds good. So yeah, scary. I mean, scariest opening in, in any movie? When somebody asks me what's the scariest movie, I instantaneously say Jaws. Yeah. Absolutely, it's terrifying. I it was the se- you- it was the second time I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Toyota on Nicholasville, <laughs> Long Beach. The yeah the so the way that they get that, and I I was watching and I could not believe how that. I mean, because the girl is just getting mauled, and they didn't have the special effects. But they talk about she had a harness on underneath the water, and they have a crew on one side of her with a rope 
tied to it and then a crew on the other side of her so when you see her being pulled oh, that's uh, how they did really that's, that's how they did it so wow. she's she's being jerked you because you watch them like how how i've always thought that how did they do that so they are in the shallow part of the water just yanking her and the concern there's they're pretty violently like raking her across at one point they were worried that they were going to actually break her back oh really yeah because she's just going back and forth uh the actress there and then at the end they have a pulley on and a weight underneath the water that they actually pull her underneath for that's how they get that that scene where Where she disappears and yeah she's holding on to the i mean unbelievably scary her gurgling cries and screams that's an absolute nightmare fuel, Chris. Like when you're talking about like her getting pulled back and forth, and that's a really cool effect. But if you're if you're watching that on mute, uh, it's totally different because her just. And you, do you know what that is though? No. So that's not. They went back in audio engineering, and for those screams, they had her screaming in the studio. And Spielberg says, "Okay, lean your head back and scream again." And he pours a cup of water down her throat while she's no way, while doing really, it. Yeah. wow, waterboarded her. Yeah, Richard Dreyfus said that he goes, uh, "In times of war, that's called waterboarding." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's how they get. If you listen to it again, watch that scene again, and pay attention to how she's just like being jerked back and forth, and then the because she screams as water's just pouring down her throat. So, no way. That's the first time I've ever heard that. That's incredible. And it's Spielberg himself. Wow. Beer bong for the lady. (laughs) (laughs) That opening scene happens, and then we get our first of three characters of this movie. And oddly enough, since the time that we were 10 years old, we have called my dad the chief. He's the chief, and it comes from this movie. We've called him that from this movie. Because you loved this movie. I How many times that. have you watched this movie with your daughter? Dozens. <laughs> yes. Dozens. Callie, yes, Callie, our sister, 10 years younger than us, so you can kind of get a get a picture there of the age range. We'd come home, she's 5, 6 years old. What do you want to what do you want to watch? I want to watch Jaws. I want to watch Jaws. <laughs> no way. I watch Jaws with Daddy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she'd sit down. She'd just sit down there and watch it. Yeah. She was 8 or it. 9 and 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 mom would be going someplace and it it'd be just her and I and it'd be let's watch Jaws. Let's pop popcorn and go downstairs and watch Jaws and that's what we do. That's awesome. That's incredible. So yeah, we you get Chief Brody who is basically a he, or he's he's a cop that's left New York. And I didn't realize this. You pick it up in some of the They are very much fish out of water, no pun intended, him and his wife. Just wanting to take it easy and retire. Wanting to take it easy and retire, and he ends up being in charge of this man-eating shark hunt. And uh, it's funny because in some some of the dialogue, like in the scene where he and Richard Dreyfuss get super drunk, he's talking about like... Richard Dreyfuss doesn't. Yes. He does. He does. He comes right. in with the wine. <laughs> and You're right. <laughs> empties half the bottle into his glass. Yeah. You want to let that breathe for a second? No. <laughs> but uh, he's, he's talking about New York and how you, all the different stuff, the crime, you don't feel like you're making any difference. But one man here in Amity feels like he can make all the yeah. difference. And then he has the summer from hell on his hands. It's funny, too, because... On the 4th of July, when everybody's on the beach and stuff, you can hear as he's in that famous scene where he's sitting yeah. sitting in the lawn chair, 
um, you can hear his wife is having a conversation yes, yes. with the gal. They're just joking back and forth. And she says, so when, when do I get to be yes. an Islander? And she, and the woman looks at her and she goes, honey, never. Were you born here? She says, no, never. Unless, unless when, when you guys were little and we lived in young America. Yeah. The Young American Podcast. We lived in Young America, and the whole time we were there, we bought a house, 201 Southwest 2nd Street, and that was always the head key house. It would have never been the Pendleton house. It was the head key house, because they were the ones that lived there. Oh, really? We would have never been, because we were from the left coast. What do, what do they call you? You weren't Yankees. What, what would they call you? No, that, that didn't. You didn't have any kind of derogatory no, nickname? No, no, but we weren't Minnesotans. You know, Dad. What's your what? Do you, who, first of all, of the three characters, you've got Chief Martin Brody, mm -hmm. you've got Matt Hooper from the Oceanographic Ocean Institute, Institute, and then you've got the old sea bastard Quint. Who do you see yourself as? I don't know. Um, I guess probably the chief. <laughs> the of course, chief. I was going to say it's it better not be anybody else. It's it's the chief. Um, you are the chief. That's right. I, I do love uh, uh, Quint, though. I do love Quint as a character. I mean, oh, yeah. he's so colorful. What an incredible character. He makes a movie. He really does. How old was he when this was made? He he was 49 years old. He died two years later. I guess he was a raging alcoholic. <laughs> 40, yeah. You don't say. He, yeah, he was like married four times, has 10 kids. I mean, just And he could crazy. only stay out for so long. He kept going back to Canada. Yep. Because he'd get in trouble he with the IRS. Trouble. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So they could. That was the 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 last piece of uh, of frustration with it. We should do a whole section on just how cursed the set of this. Place what and yeah, I guess you'd get hold through that, and then he'd be like, nah, "I got it, Canada IRS." And and he absolutely. They said he was a really nice guy till he had a drink. <laughs> But they said they loved him until, unless he was drunk, which was almost all, all the time. time. And I guess he bullied. Yeah, um, he was super bullied. Uh, Richard Dreyfus. Richard Dreyfus. Like all of that on scene that you see, all that's palpable. Yeah. And they are not acting. That's real. Like he hates that dude. And they uh, and he just loved to push his buttons. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, I was amazed watching it the first time. How I mean, from that opening scene, like it is a quick clip of a movie. Normally, when you go back and watch a movie from you know like 30, 40 years ago, you're like, ah, oh, this is a little bit slow. Like this one moves at a really quick pace. Like I was surprised at that watching. They're almost. It's in the first fifteen minutes, you get that opening scene. You get the the woman who gets killed. And then you get the turmoil with them finding the victim, or they, they find the body you washed up on the shore. 1975 K5 Chevy Blazer. Yes. <laughs> yes, the, yes. Yes. What a great car. Is it a Bronco or is it a Blazer? It's Blazer. a Blazer. Blazer. Do they, so did the, do they, ha do they make them like that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Beach God. cruiser. That wouldn't be great for you, rolling you, around Kentucky, but you what used a great to car. see them in Southern California. It, it really wears well. I mean, there's lots of movies that you remember being a great movie, and you go back and you see them, and you yeah. go, eh. Do you see yourself as any particular character? I don't know. I'm probably a... I can throw a, this question if you want A to. Quint or a Hooper, if, if I have to pick one. Probably one of those. Some some mixture of those. Okay. Some mixture of a, an a-hole and a know-it-all. <laughs> I like it. I'm probably the same. I, I think I... I think I enjoy. I'm probably maybe a, a mix between a Brody and a Quint. Yeah, I'd say if there's no Brody in you, then what are you doing? Oh yeah, you you've got to have that. 
You're at least the protector from your from your job. Yeah, that's maybe. You're like but Brody, kind of like the old bastard. You, there. yeah, you, you're like Chief Brody. Um, but once you find like the victim washed up on shore, you're like taking a picture and sending it to your <laughs> friends. Like, <laughs> look at this idiot <laughs> out swimming at night in a shark infested water. Uh, maybe I do need to tone it down a little bit there. <laughs> Um, whenever, see, whenever Britain asks, hey, you all want to see something in a text thread, just say no. <laughs> so, so you get to so you get to that. You get that fourth of July. That, yeah, the fourth of July. Well, I love I think one of my oh go ahead. Go ahead. I, I love the scene the the scenes at the house with with his son where his son's mimicking him. I love that scene. I agree with you. I I watched that the other night and I it hit me way differently being a dad. Now, I think this was the first time yeah. that I sat down and watched the whole movie after being a father and man, I do love that that whole thing is is it Michael and what's the what's the youngest? Oh, I love that. And you see yeah, you it's see Sean Brody and Michael Brody. Yeah, the Michael. humanity of them. The, and I and I love also the scene where he's reading on sharks. And they've got yeah. a birthday present, and they're sitting on the dock in the sailboat. And Brody yells, "Get out of there! Get out of the boat!" You know. And his wife's all over. So he him. loves his birthday present. <laughs> she sees him over there. Yeah, and then, she, then she looks at the. She <laughs> takes a look at the book and sees the a picture shark. of a shark actually taking a bite out of a boat. She Which do you recall? Michael, get out of that boat! Your father told you. <laughs> do you remember that book that Uncle Art oh, gave us? Or that's like, the took thing from a nightmare house. Of he gave it? us a book that was very similar to that. It's not that same book, but it's very similar to that. It's like a 1970s like shark book. And it's filled with people just hooking sharks or like attacks and the scars and stuff. And then the rest of it is just like basically just like oil paintings oh, of man. of shark decks. There's this one I remember that's like it's the full the, yes, the, the centerfold. Point, the point of view is inside the shark's mouth. Yes. And like it's this gaping hole and there's this teeth and then there's a diver in front of you that just has a giant just chunk taken out of yes. his little thigh. That's the yeah, that was the one that that's I, I opened that I when I'm I, I closed my eyes. We were little when we had that. I closed my eyes and that's what I would see. And that's I agree with you. I I totally feel the when I wherever whenever I'm in a body of water and I can't see the bottom, or even if I can, I specifically remember a time in Virginia Beach we were out there. There was a big shadow in a way, like the the yeah. the water was decently clear. Um, and it was kind of that greenish, but you could see it when the waves were coming in. You could see fish or whatever, and this big shadow starts coming in on this wave, and I'm just like, oh, oh my god! And I could, it, my heart just starts pounding, and all of a sudden it hits me, and it was a big school of fish. Sure, and they all, doo -doo 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 -doo, but it, I, I have never freaked out. Like I just ran into the. You're, onto the beach. When your mom and I went down to um, Gulf Shores for our anniversary a couple of years ago, and we went out in the water, and it was pretty clear, and a whole school of little stingrays came, just swam right through us. You could see them. We were on the fifth floor. You could see them down there, but we were out in the water, and they went right through. And I, your mom really freaked out, but I have to admit, I looked at it and went, whoa, <laughs> what is this? You know, You've got the lead up to that, that opening scene. He's got to be in the running for worst mayors or worst politicians in the uh, in yes. the business, right? I mean, who are we talking about? There's the mayor, the the mayor Vaughn, 
Mayor Vaughn, you've got the. Uh, I was trying to think of a, a worst one, and I get it. He's trying to salvage. He doesn't want a bunch of people. It's a, it's a. He's wearing that pinstripe coat with the little anchors on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it makes me want to just punch him in the face. And they're are they on a ferry? Yeah, they're on the ferry. Well, the like, first driving he goes over out there and he's... after after the they find out the girl was was hurt. He goes out. He finds out Boy Scouts are swimming across the channel. Yeah, yeah. And they go out on the ferry, and that's when they first have their conversation. That's right. So you've what's, got the what's kid- this news about you trying to close down the beaches? Yeah, yeah. I, I love the way he talks. But there's there's a scene right after the little Kittner gets they he, they don't know if he got eaten, but yep. his, his raft gets washed up and it's all bloody and it's all bloody. God it's ripped, bless it's that scene. To shreds. And that's where you get that famous. You want to talk about that scene? Yeah, they do that. Well, Kidner's on the the raft, and you see Brody's on edge on the beach. Yeah, he's just kind of scanning back and forth. You get Harry that comes up and says, "We know all about you, Chief." And then he says, "Your line that you really like." That's one I, bad hat, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but he's looking, and you see the Kidner is the farthest out there. And the shark does this like corkscrew as yeah. he eat as he bites him to where you see both of its like bottom fins. Yeah. Does this corkscrew and then it's just a geyser of blood oh, as it yeah. horrible. And that's a little kid. Yeah, they said when they filmed that, that kid the kid who plays the the little kitten boy, he's real young and he was having trouble staying on the raft. Oh. And then so they would film that and they had these bursts of blood that would come up. He like wasn't able to stay under the water very long. So he, he would kind of just come up and they were like, No, 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 you gotta you gotta stay under there for a little stay under there for a little bit longer. And Spielberg's like, We can't get you you gotta stay under there. And so they filmed it five different times and then finally had to bring out a diver. So there's a diver that's underneath the water. Giving him air. That pulls him under they've oh, got a okay. rope on him and they pull wow. him under and starts giving him air that, that'd be at that point just uh and he said the the, the guy says it, it still kind of freaked him out just the the I blood bet. like flying oh I bet. And all that. tell me about it but um, then you get the dolly zoom you get the yeah. dolly zoom of chief brody who's sitting there which is an incredible incredible yeah. shot yeah. first made famous in do you know what movie I don't. Vertigo. Vertigo. That's okay. It was made yes. famous in Vertigo, yeah. and it's done with a with a dolly track before you could use you know movie tricks and trick photography. And what they do is they time it just right, where if I'm shooting Chris, I back up and I move the camera towards Chris, and at the same moment I widen the lens, and that's what makes it feel like you're in free fall like that and it distorts all of the background and shows that but very very famous scene very cool yeah they call it the jaws shot yes they do now so after the kittner or the kittner kid disappears basically they hire the out of the people water. and they, they hire the, yeah the whole town gets a buzz so they they throw out oh the mrs. The, mrs kittner sends out something they say she must have put it in the new york times yeah and she offers this reward so you get all these fishermen that come in you get the two guys that are in the boat that they have something that the the whole boat rips off or the whole dock rips off yeah so you get that scene and then forgot about that part yeah then you get the scene where they hooper shows up you kind of get an idea quint is kind of in the background just kind of giving his he goes into the the meeting they're having the meeting no that's that's after 
That's after the first fourth, attack. First attack with Kittner, in the class. Yeah, that's it. Kittner, and then it's Fourth of July. You, you're correct in that, I think. Yeah. So Kittner, so uh, Quint comes in, says, "Oh, I'll find the problem. I'll get that for you, ten thousand dollars." And they all like. And hey, I love the way he gets their attention advice. with the with the uh, nails. Oh, the oh man, kills me. But the what? But then they catch that tiger shark. But what kind? What kind of shark? It's a tiger shark. A what? And Hooper comes in. And says the bite radius. It's the bite radius is not from the the victim that you had. The bite radius is this is not the shark. And he was like, let me let me do an autopsy. And then you get that great line, Brody. Let's just cut it open, and we'll see. Just to be sure. Just to be sure. Yeah, the digestive tract is or digestive system of this is is going to be twenty four hours. So whatever is eaten is still going to be there's going to be pieces of it still in there. Gentlemen, this is not the time nor the place. To perform some sort of a half-ass autopsy on a fish. <laughs> and I'm not going to stand here and watch that little Kittner boy spill out on all over the dock. <laughs> He's got another great line. I really love the mayor. He's such a jerk. There's a part. On, so that happens. They ca- they think they've caught this fish. And it's just a tiger shark that... A what? A what? <laughs> yeah, Hooper. Hooper that is scene telling is some serious people watching because I have a hard time believing that those are actors that they got for that. <laughs> you imagine those are a bunch of Martha's Vineyard regulars. That old sailor that's walking in like smoking the pipe. Yeah, yeah. Looks like he's like came straight off a of Moby Dick. <laughs> There's one like really long shot that it holds on just one guy. It's that opening scene when they first start getting all of these sailors, these fishermen. He's wearing like a black and white plaid jacket, and he just gives like this like weird smile, like I'm on television. And there's even a weird, there's even this weird shot where like that guy that's wearing the orange hat and the camo, and they're like pulling out, <laughs> and it like does this weird shot where he's like looking straight at the camera, and he's talking as if it's a documentary. He's yeah. just like. I have no idea what he says. I I tried to watch it again. And he's like, just wait till they get themselves out there to mo- regret their moms and dads will ever feed them again. <laughs> oh, by that pig pen, I found a couple of shiny arrowheads. <laughs> there was a so that scene. I'm I'm pretty sure that Spielberg did grab a bunch of locals for that. Oh yeah, because uh, Hooper. So when Dreyfus accepted the role for Hooper, they didn't train anybody. I mean, they knew that they were filming a a shark movie, but they basically because Hooper is supposed to come in, and if you watch the movie, the scene cuts to him and he's and he's at the dock just like loading up or like tying his boat off. Well, Spielberg asked him to drive it up and to. To curve it around and then like dock it, and he tried to do it a couple of times, and he was just like, "Look, I I don't I don't do I don't I've never been on a boat before. I don't I can't do this." Wow. And so that's why he was like, "All right, we'll just cut to you like tying it off there." And then there's a guy like clearly helping him. Look, looks like me on the <laughs> pontoon boat at Spring Break, <laughs> which is funny because later I'm not going to bring that up, but if you want to bring it up, you feel free. <laughs> Yeah, that first night when you were when it was real choppy. Oh yeah, 
You're not a big cussing guy, but when you drop the f bomb, I know that something's <laughs> something's wrong. <laughs> something something just happened. I see Chief like heading in towards the dock, and I don't think goes, I dropped an f bomb then. Oh, I, I so no kids were there. It was just we're me. like, hey, oh. I think we're getting into the shallow part, Dad. I think we're getting to the shallow part. Uh, hey, are we are we too shallow? No, that's when I. That's a different night. No, that's, that's a different, different night. No, he. Oh, son of a First rented it, and we were trying. We didn't know if it would fit in the slip. I mean, it was like. <laughs> and I had to come around. I had to do a ninety Choppy degree water and come back and try. And he's I coming. He like comes in, and it's just like <laughs> he's like, yeah, I drive a big rig. He's. I mean, he's flooring it, and it's just like. <laughs> and he goes. <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> Just embrace it. Yeah. So when after they get they get the the tiger shark and it's it's you know pinned up there and they're they're going oh tiger shark tiger shark uh what they're interviewing on the fourth of July when they open it up before that shark actually you know shark attack in the bay comes in or where is it the La Pond. The mayor is being interviewed, and it's just like a really quick by scene. Peter Benchley, right? Yeah. Benchley. Oh, is the, that was that Benchley? The real writer, of the real the book writer, of and Jaws. the mayor just has an amazing line where he's like, "I'm pleased and happy to repeat the news that we have in fact caught and killed a large predator that supposedly injured some bathers. But as you see, it's a beautiful day, the beaches are open, and the people are having a wonderful time." Amity, as you know, means friendship. <laughs> like, after he's just, he was there to see this mangled corpse of this girl, and he knows that this little Kittner boy is dead, but a large predator apparently injured some bathers. But after all, you know, Amity means friendship. Just like, such what, a politician. A yeah, we're politicking hardcore. You're not going to close down my beach. Yeah, that. So then, so then you have the scene where you know the the shark comes in. Well, that takes it. Takes then the they guy go out. do the they they go cut the shark open. Yes, and that's, that's, and that's, that's when the they jump oh, yeah, they on the sneak boat. in at night. Yeah, and then they jump on the boat and they go see Ben Gardner's. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Only scene they in the movie that was that, reshot. They shot that scene. I guess after filming was all in the way a pool finished with powdered milk. Like you said, it, they he wanted another jump scare, so he added this scene, the Ben Gardner boat scene. Paid for it scene. himself. Paid for it himself. It's the editor. Her name is Verna Fields. She's the editor of the film, and she li- it's her it's her backyard pool in Encino. And like you said, they put powdered milk in there, and then they put a tarp over, over it, it to give it that murky yep. water kind of feel. But they go and they cut open the shark. They pull it all out. What does he say? What does he say? He goes, come on, let's go. Let's go take a look. He goes, I'm not drunk enough to drive a boat. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was like a oh, hat tip to all the uh, lake life people out here. But uh, yeah, that one is by far and away one of the scariest moments of the... That one is, if you don't see Jaws in the water when you close your eyes, you're definitely going to see Ben Gardner's head floating out at you. Who is Ben Gardner? They used his name... Um, before when they catch the big shark, they said, "Did Ben Gardner? Did catch Ben this? Gardner catch this? He's just like a, the he's one of the a, fishermen in the village." But well, how do they know his? How do they know to go see that? Do he they wants see, to. They go, find his so boat. They no, cut no. open the shark. They see that that it's not the shark. And then Hooper says to Brody, 
let's go catch this thing. It's a night feeder. It's a night feeder. He's We're got gonna find sonar it. on the boats. So and he's like, whoa, they whoa, whoa, find whoa. Ben he's Garner's like, boat. He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I didn't sign. I'm, I'm not drunk I'm enough not, to drive a boat. No, to they, get on a boat, he says. I'm not drunk enough to get on a boat. And he's like, yes, you are. And they, <laughs> they go out there. They're talking, and that's when he's giving him his New York thing. And he's like, man, New York was so it was dragging him down. A guy can't make a difference. There's so much crime, blah, blah, blah. That's why he came out here. And then all of a sudden, the sonar starts to ping. And he says, there's something out there. Well, they go out there, and they're looking for a shark. And he says, no, it's something else. And they come up upon that crushed boat. And he says, that's Ben Gardner's boat. Okay, okay, I got you. Because the very next scene, you get the vandalized sign, and he's talking about the tooth that they These that they found. Okay, maybe. Well, they they might have found it, but I think he wanted to add in Ben Gardner's head coming out of it. I got gotcha. you. It very seamless transition. I say that as a hat tip to Spielberg. No, it's, it was couldn't make it tonight, but he, he didn't. Add, regards. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Steve, it was it went three times over budget, three times the length that they were originally set. They, told they were, oh, they were cutting they said, their loss. Okay, and they, he so, said he said this footage didn't come out. I need to reshoot this, and they said no. And he said I'm going to reshoot it myself. I gotcha. Okay, that all makes sense. Well, thank you, Verna from Encino, for your backyard pool. So the next day, you get the Fourth of July. We, you get the scene where that you know, you get that that famous you know the there's the kids that have the fin that they yeah they, great physical acting from Mayor Vaughn as he's out there in his injured some bathers <laughs> he's in there in his pinstripe suit and you just see the helicopter just go over his head and he just has this disgusted look on his face as he's trying to save face in front of everybody and he's just like. Uh, and then the they those kids basically because Hooper says you got to shut down the beach splashing that swimmers do on the beach is exactly the kind of splashing that attracts sharks. So that's when Brody says to Michael, "Do me a favor, take the boat in the pond, ponds," yeah. and and so that's why they go because he's trying to keep them away from all the splashing. Yeah, and who does it go for that guy? Hey, you guys need help over there? Is that not the creepiest dude that ever shows up in the movie? <laughs> that had to be a local. Hey, you boys need a hand over there? <laughs> no, but we'll take your foot. Uh, <laughs> that, that's the first time that you see it, yeah. too. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, that's, just, that's so scary. Yeah, so Michael goes out there with the kids. They're trying to tie off the boat in some way, shape, or form. That guy paddles up to them. And he knocks that dude off and into the water, screaming, screaming, screaming. They've already had a scare, and they're off. And the, the and then and and the shark swims at Michael, and he's in the water. You see, yes, goes into shock. Yeah, which which there's another line, like just really <laughs> offline, that makes me laugh. Is Michael goes into shock? They pull him up onto the beach, and Brody, you know, is is trying to get him. They they cut to the hospital where Mrs. Brody is just like freaking Helen. out. She's like. Michael, my baby, are you okay? Can I bring you anything? What do you need? And he says, my car. Your car is okay. Anything else? Can I get you some ice cream? Coffee. Did you hear that? Yeah. He says, asks kid. for coffee. Little nine-year-old boy. I'll take some coffee. <laughs> like, what? Okay. I think he was saying coffee ice cream. I don't know that, Dad, I don't, this was the 70s. I don't know that they had coffee ice cream back then. <laughs> I think he wants a pack of Marlboros and <laughs> some Folgers. I'll take a... Uh, 
bowl of sugar and brandy. New England, for God's sake. So then, after that, boom, it's on. Because Hooper was going to leave. He was going to go out on the Aurora. Right. He's going to leave for some institute out to sea for 18 months. Well, they changed their mind instantaneously, and in comes our third character. Which is Quint, who we were introduced to earlier. Here's to swimming with bow-legged women. <laughs> From the get-go, I mean, this guy seems intoxicated beyond belief. <laughs> he, hands, he hands Brody the... <laughs> he hands him the... Moonshine. He, ta- he takes a sip. Takes a sip, spits it out. Hands it to it Hooper. Hooper grabs it, <laughs> grabs it, and he says, "Don't drink that." Which, knowing the the quarrel, or knowing that what was going on between Richard Dreyfus and and Quint behind the scenes, or what's Quint's real name? Robert, Robert Shaw. Shaw. So, knowing what was going on between Robert Shaw and Richard Dreyfus behind the scenes, where they they actually have this tension, and and Shaw is just poking at him. You get the uh, like. I'll bet some of that stuff is real. Where Dreyfus is just like. Ah, let me give me that. Give me that. <laughs> well, and he's, he's in, he's in constant song too. Yes. It, so they're loading up. That's when you know you got this Dreyfus is... scene between Brody and his wife. And yeah. Did you see that? There, there's this compelling scene. Dreyfus is gr- getting all his gear together and was like, "What are you, half-ass astronaut?" <laughs> Brody comes in and they're doing a goodbye scene. Chris and I were watching it the other night. What is that cage? And Quint is looking at Ellen Brody from the bow of the ship as they're loading it up. She, they're still delivering their dialogue, and he is going on this monologue about what's wrong with women these days yeah. <laughs> in the back. No, that's when he says the poem. So, yes. She died at the age of 103. <laughs> you can look it up yourself. But then he walks on. He just says goodbye to his wife, and he says... I see you brought your rubbers. <laughs> yeah, because he's wearing the absolute the bully suit. What a bastard! What, what's this? It was the anti-shark shark cage. Anti-shark cage. You go inside the cage. Cage goes in the water. You go in the water. Sharks in the water. Our shark. <laughs> Yeah, basically we've had up until this point, it's really a split. It's two movies because really you've got is, yeah. you've got the movie where they're cl- are they going to keep the beach open? This guy's trying to close it. He's trying to get help. Nobody believes him. And then once it's clear, once the third victim is found, or I guess it's the fourth victim if you count Ben Gardner. Yeah. At that it's point, hunting down the shark. It's everybody gets on the boat, and we no longer see any more of Amity Island. We're all on, all in and on the boat. Well, so after this, you immediately go out to sea. So now the movie shifts, and now is when a lot of the you know the the, the real lore of the movie kind of takes place here so the reason that he went to martha's vineyard so the reason that they film out in in martha's vineyard is they have 30 feet so that if the if bruce the mechanical shark sinks they can go get it but and and which did happen and spielberg really uh, later he said he he could have shot a lot of it um at a set or whatever but he wanted to do the whole thing on the sea because he thought that would really make the movie. And it and does. It does, yeah. It really does. But the problem was is that mechanical shark was run through a big hydraulic. So they had a basically a big 
barge that they called the SS Garage Sale that housed the <laughs> that housed Bruce and all of the hydraulic equipment and all of the stuff. He said, "Imagine being on set, and if you needed something, you had to take a a boat, a little dinger boat, out. Like, oh crap, we forgot the tape for this, or we oh, forgot geez. this." So he said, at one point, they're soliciting just people on on the islands. Like, oh, do you have a boat? Do you mind driving it for the next couple of days? And people, the crew just turns on him and hates him yeah. because he's trying to get this shot set up. You're on in Martha's Vineyard, but you can't tell, you can't like slice off this entire scene of the ocean. So they would set up a shot and they said it took about half a day to get Bruce set up. Because you have the orca, which is the, which is Quint's boat. Boat. Then you have Bruce, who's in the water. Then you have another boat that has the camera on it that's filming them. And then you have this big barge where all of these hose hydraulic hoses are connected to. So you basically have four things that you've got to set up in a perfect kind of array. Oh. And then you're dealing with... So if the camera is facing this way, it's got to be facing out... But there were sailboats yeah. that would go Pleasure by in the background, yeah. and they'd have a they'd have it set up perfectly. It got it took them three four hours to set up, and then all of a sudden they've got a sailboat that's coming. They're like, "Crap, we got to wait." And they said, "You know, they did this before. You could just brush that out with Photoshop." So they've got to wait for that sailboat to go all yep. the way across yep. and hope that there's not a sailboat right on its tail. And he said, so sometimes they would have, you know, seven or eight minute stretches where they didn't have a boat and they were like, this is it. We've got to do it. But the reason it took so long is if it if that shot didn't work or if the sun had come down in a certain oh. time frame, then they would have to figure out, OK, we've got to reorient all four of these floating pieces one of which is connected to a 75 or 100 feet of hydraulic hoses. So we've got to be careful with that one. So it was just an absolute mess. Wow. And they were working on the shark. They said they worked on the shark 24-7. Yeah. Well, yep. So they built it in fresh water and it worked great. Once they took it in the salt water of Martha's corroded. Vineyard, it corroded immediately. Uh -huh. Which is, you really feel them out there. Like you really do feel all of the night shots. You see the shooting stars. Oh, that was going amazing. Past. That's the most amazing yeah. part. Yeah, they almost look. Those almost look like they're I don't know, like rotoscoped in or something like that. But they're so cool with yeah. all the shooting stars in there. So at this part, he's chumming the water, and you get the very first shot of Jaws. Yeah, which they he says we've got a five mile chum line, and that dude's I mean going scoop after scoop. He says, hey, we don't want to miss a, we don't want to have any gaps in that chum line. And he's pouring How many old buckets? spice on it. <laughs> <That's laughs> towel. Oh, yeah. Is that what he's doing? Yes, yes. And, and holding it under his nose because it you can imagine how that I recall you saying many, many times growing up is full ahead. I'll show you a full, full ahead. ahead. Come down and shovel this <laughs> for a while. Come down and jump some of this shit <laughs> for a while. Uh, a, oh, a dad man. favorite. All right, so then you get the scar, scar scene. Yes, they, well, you get to see the shark for the first time. Was it scary in '75 when you saw it? Oh, absolutely, yeah. That, you don't that see was it unexpected. Yeah, and and you didn't get the music with that. You know, other times they they did the music score. Yes, you're right. Because the 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 score, the way John Williams shoots it, it's the score 
all the way through when it's the POV of the shark, when there's people swimming and stuff, and then when you finally see it, it's dead silent. Yeah. It's such a perfect time. I mean, the timing on that, because it pops up. He's not looking at it. So the audience sees it before he He does. He does, and he turns around. Yeah. He just does that, like, stand up. You're going to need a bigger boat. So then they hook it. They get one barrel in it. And then and that that scene, you're supposed to see the shark up until that point. You're supposed to see it take the barrel down and they couldn't get it to work. So they just oh, really? They just have barrels that they're pulling with a crane or whatever. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? Oh, OK. The shark wasn't all that realistic. I mean. No, it wasn't. And, but it was so it was 14 feet long. It's and they say Jaws is supposed to be 25. Yeah, that's what they say. Um, it, the robot's only 14. It's only 14 feet. So when Hooper's in the water in the cage, they tell the audience it's 25 feet long. So they he used a little person to, to get make the proportions it look, to right. make it look like that live shark is yes. bigger. Oh, than okay. It is. Yeah, yeah. So and I, and when the shark got the shark really did get tangled up in the cage. Yep. And that's what broke the mask. It wasn't that wasn't written in. They just went with it. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. The the shark actually gets stuck in that slot right there because it's a because of the proportions. Yeah, Hooper. They get a good look at the shark. Hooper says that's a twenty footer, and Quint says twenty five. The largest great white ever spotted off the coast of Western Australia is nineteen point one feet. Really, five point okay. eight meters largest ever one living Whoa. shark recorded kind of interesting it's also one of the only places you see, do you see those uh videos where the sharks jump out of the water to like to get the yeah that, that's off the birds. that's off an island uh, yeah just off san francisco one of the only places the that they do it yeah, yeah. <clears throat> okay so then you get to the scar scene so you get the the shot at night so they're in they're they're in the boat and they, they start drinking and you get them just sharing scars and I, so I would say the reason we've we've kind of hinted at this before, but the reason that we have you on this is really because to me this scene this scene is you. I really love this scene because this movie the the whole movie I think really is just is my dad to me. But the scar storytelling scene, there's just so many personal ties that I feel to that. You are a storyteller, and your mom is a storyteller. You, Britain, very much. You you inherited that that storytelling gene much more than I did. But we used to love listening to you tell stories about when you were younger, about you know you and your brother and Bad Bill and and the you know the the neighborhood hijinks that would ensue. And because one, because they were funny, and you would you'd tell them about. Um, you know, grandpa, and, and there was a, there's a lot of you know, Uncle Chris always argues there's a lot of gray area that you're <laughs> painting outside the lines and using your 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 full coloring set with. But there is a captivating cadence and delivery to storytelling that mm-hmm. you I think you either have or you don't. I think that's probably true. Yeah, and I, I think that that you you have that. So I really love, and it's clear in that movie or in that scene, Robert Shaw has it. Absolutely, absolutely. It's just like the whole movie up to this point. I mean, it's a, it's a great movie, but the, it kind of comes to a screeching halt when he starts to talk about the, in, the Indianapolis. Indianapolis. Yeah, and I say we've got a lot of personal ties to this. We've mentioned this on the pod before, but our mom's uh, dad, Grandpa Carlos, he was in the U.S. Navy, 
and he was on. He knew a a, a guy on the Indianapolis. And yeah. He they were the last boat to have contact with the Indianapolis before Lusitania. they yeah the Lusitania before they went out to, to go drop off the bomb. And it was such a secret mission that nobody you know not even their their counterparts knew about it. Nobody could know where they were. So right. they get hit by a sub. You know goes down. Crew goes in the water. Sharks in the water. They didn't even list us overdue for a week. Very first light, Chief. Sharks come cruising. So we formed ourselves into tight groups. You know, it's kind of like old squares in a battle. Like you see in a calendar, like the Battle of Waterloo, and the idea was shark comes to the nearest man, that man, he start pounding and hollering and screaming. Sometimes the shark would go away. Sometimes he wouldn't go away. Sometimes that shark, he looks right into you, right into your eyes. You know the thing about a shark, he's got lifeless eyes, black eyes, like a doll's eyes. When he comes at you, he doesn't seem to be living until he bites you. And those black eyes roll over white and then, oh, then you hear that terrible high-pitched screaming. The ocean turns red, and despite all the pounding and the hollering, they all come in and they rip you to pieces. Infamously, in that scene, Robert Shaw, when they first shoot it, he's drunk as a skunk yeah, and, and jacks it all up, comes in the next day and asks Spielberg, hey, can I get another shot at that? And so they set it up to shoot it the next night, and he nails it in one take. Was he drunk or was he? No, 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 he wasn't. He, but and, he, and they said he didn't. Well, there, there's some speculation, but they said he really didn't go by the script. But his ad lib was better than the script. Ooh. Well, that's the uh, one of the things. Who's the Who's the writer? Peter Benchley. Peter Benchley, Peter Benchley has this movie, and they would he and uh, because everything was going so bad that he and Spielberg and whatever other guy they would sit down every single night and write the script for the next day, basically, because they had to kind of fill in the gaps of some of the stuff. So there's a few things in the in the book that they've taken out. And I, I think he actually is fired at the end. Of the, he, he, he fired he Gottlieb, or he let him go well, because he, he was Benchley, so upset. Benchley got upset. Benchley got upset at the way they killed the shark because I can't remember how they harpooned it. Or yeah, they wanted they to harpoon it to death. Yeah. In, in the book. The other thing, um, the reason the mayor... Uh, wanted to keep the beach open was because of the mafia. Oh, yeah, they right. Didn't, that's right. They didn't have time to tell that story. Apparently, they injured some bathers. <laughs> and then the other thing is, is um, Hooper, in the book, has an affair with Brody's wife. Yes, yes, he and, does. And Spielberg didn't want to touch Pro- that. Probably a good decision <laughs> yeah. there. But but that's where he got he got they fired him at the end because he was so upset. He did not like the, the way it ended. That wasn't the way he wrote it, so... Well, Dreyfus, they said that uh, is there's a there's a really great making of Jaws documentary that came mm-hmm. they came you can look it up on YouTube. But they I think that, I have it on my yeah it's it's on, on the DVD. laser disc yeah. yeah. So the with um, Martha's Vineyard being a big you know summer spot for people mm-hmm. to come, so they said they had all of these college girls that would you know flock to this place you know from Ohio or wherever you know. And Richard Dreyfus at this time is the only real well known uh actor on it and he was just like <laughs> he talks about like 
he was out partying every single night. With, Dreyfus with, was. With a different girl. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so he gets, and that's part of the reason that Shaw is poking at him every single day. Oh, I didn't hear that. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. It's because he's just this young buck. And he admits, he's like, I slept with a whole lot of women that summer because, it's, you know, the, and the whole crew, they would that was like their, their one. They said there were a lot of romances yeah. with cameramen and people like that. Yeah. Because you got to think, they're on Martha's Vineyard. They have terrible, terrible days of working on this set that... You know, they're working on the SS garage sale. And then they, uh, you know, then you the only saving grace is you get to go yeah. hang out there. But, yeah, they end up, if they film the movie, get to the end. They're telling the, they're telling the scar story. The hull gets breached. Right. Hits, hits through. And basically the ship begins to sink right there. And they're going after it. And you kind of see Robert Shaw go full Captain Ahab, just yep. wheels falling off. Breaks the radio. Breaks the radio, tells every, doesn't send for help, and then they're screwed right there. Yeah. Robert Shaw, in one of the ugliest on screen deaths you could ever ask for. And it is ungodly how oh. quiet it is while that happens, aside from his screaming. Yeah. It lasted a long time. <laughs> it lasted a long time. It's like, and then, then Jaws takes another chomp. And you're like, oh, we're still here. I, I do remember that. We probably saw this movie on TV quite a bit. Uh -huh. And then I do remember the first time that I saw the actual movie where Robert Shaw, because I think it's like a, oh, no, his feet are heading towards him. His feet, he's sliding, he's sliding. The boat's chomped in half. And then all of a sudden you just get that last shot of just like a little bit of blood coming out of his mouth. The first time that I saw that of Quint dying, it the, was like, oh, oh my that, God. That wasn't on like USA. Or yes. It's brutal. really sells it. And, and, and a couple of things I heard that Benchley was talked about. One, Hooper's supposed to die in the book. He dies. But but he yes that's in. right um, well but that was because so that that scene where you guys were talking about where the shark gets yeah. caught in there that's why they left it in is because they I think Spielberg likes that scene so much that he just wanted to leave it that it that he, that he, thing the the tank or the thing cage. just kind of floats he, down there the tank the, the other thing is MythBusters I remember watch do you remember MythBusters oh yeah they did an episode is it possible to kill a monster by shooting at a compressed air air tank. tank. And they tried and tried, and they couldn't get it. <laughs> they couldn't get it to blow up. No. But it made it for a hell of an ending. It did. It did. Damn it, Morton. <laughs> this is compressed air. <laughs> It'll blow up. <laughs> yeah. I think the ending is perfect. I don't know I do. what, what Benchley is talking That's about. That's what I'm saying. That's, you get the, the famous line right there. Smile, you son of a bitch. And then <laughs> shoots. That's another one. As the ship is sinking, and you see, at one point, Brody goes inside the the cabin, the cabin, and the shark comes through the door. Door. Oh my gosh! And he's got to just shimmy up out of there. Just brutal. And it is. I I challenge you again to watch the end of this movie and just take note of how quiet it is. Aside really, from I had what's okay. going on. There's really no accompanying score. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Okay. No. 
So they they kill the shark. Shark gets the tank, or Brody goes in the water. Charles Sorry, in the water. Hooper goes. <laughs> Hooper goes in the water. Goes to the bottom. Yep. Goes to the bottom. So what? What? What was the ending of the book? It was just Brody that survived. I thought. I thought in the book, and and I've heard. I've, I've never read the book. I thought that the the shark just swam out to sea, never to be seen again. They yeah, they harpoon the hell out of it, and it just dies out there. Yeah. Oh really? Or maybe they like pull it onto shore with it or something. I, I, I don't. Know. Who knows? You know what was apparently really... it injured some bathers. <laughs> <laughs> you know what was really interesting? We just had our family reunion. Mm-hmm. What was the name of the guy? Surfer dude. Scott. Scott. How are we related to him? Scott is married to Rachel's cousin. Okay. And he talked a little bit about this dude loves surfing, right? They, they lived in Huntington Beach for years, and he would surf. He would surf every day in Huntington Beach. Oh, they, yeah. Love they, Scott. They lived I don't know just he, a little ways. I don't know ways. who you're talking about. Yeah. They lived a little ways from... Uh, your mom and I, two, three years ago, went to a um, 4th of July party at their house. He talked about how much... It has changed with sharks, right? How well, it's like sharks. Sharks are protected now, very protected. And and the other thing is, is they'd hunted for for a lot of reasons. The sea lion population mm-hmm. was almost non-existent in the beaches that I used to go to, and they sea lions are thriving. Well, sea lions are one of the things that great whites love to eat. Oh, really? So they're coming in close and they see he said that they see whites out there all the time now wow and they don't bother him no they occasionally that great whites don't naturally go after humans yeah usually they'll bite and then let them go but that feeling bite you know yeah yeah is where you get killed where it is like now a protected species where so another part of the lore of this movie is there and i'm gonna make one more recommendation then i'll be done i promise but um, there's a great documentary called Shark Exploitation, okay, and it's about the wake of culture and cinema after Jaws, and yeah. how just really really fun watch everything from Jaws two to Grizzly to like the abysmal Sharknado movies, and all this kind of it's just these dumb knockoff movies and stuff. But they talk about how sharks weren't exactly vilified until this movie until this movie came out yeah and it was a big culture change where people began to hunt them and get the get the the jaws jaws the jaws i can remember when i was a little kid where uh, now that as scott was saying that is completely course corrected now yeah yeah come full circle anyway come full circle and i i can remember my grandpa, and he's probably about my age now, and they used to go get down camping in Southern California. It was down in a place called Carlsbad, and he'd swim a couple of miles. He was a really good swimmer. And I remember a couple of times him seeing a shark out there just patrolling. He wouldn't go out there if there was a shark. Um, so they were there back then, and you would see them. And there were a whole bunch of um, Seal Beach. Do you remember the jetty at Seal Beach? You guys oh, have yeah. been out there? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There were a whole. There was a whole family, a pod or whatever they are, of ha- of um, hammerheads that lived in the jetty. The jetty was a fun place because uh, the Edison plant was just upstream from it or upriver from it. And the Edison plant used seawater to cool off its turbines. So the seawater, because the Pacific's really, really cold, 
that area was about 10 degrees warmer than anything around it. Oh, really? So sea life just thrived there, and these hammerheads would come in, and they stayed. And they seemed there all the time. There's never been an attack that I know of, but take it for what it is. Well, it certainly changed my... Uh, it made an imprint on me, for sure, because I, I cannot get in any water without... without Seriously, uh, still... Without yes. thinking about it. You said you can't. You said you can. You just... So you're saying you can I, get in water. If I get in water, I have to actively like talk myself in that, especially like open water like that. I have to t- actively talk myself through. And I mean, we, we didn't even touch on John Williams score, but like the, that that's imagine shooting that whole thing. And then not, I mean, I think Spielberg thought it was a dud, didn't he? Yeah. After he got it was... finished with it. Cause it was so riddled with problems. He gets to the very end, and then doesn't John Williams say, "I got something for you. Come watch it." And he's a little disappointed. Yeah, he when was, he shows he it was to disappointed. him, he's a little disappointed. Going, oh, and he's and he kind of talks him into it, saying, "No, the music is the monster," and da 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 da, and begins to, and then it, it won score it that did. year. It did, and then right afterwards, John Williams did the Star Wars yes one, which was just. I mean, a music score make can make or break a movie for yeah. sure. Well, I mean, so many things that went wrong. Like that's what he, you know, him talking about going back and and thinking how can how can I figure out just deal with the cards that I'm dealt here. This 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 mechanical shark is not working. You you mentioned that you couldn't think of the the code name for it, so they tried to keep the shark under wraps. Imagine shooting this at Martha's Vineyard and you're not yeah you're not allowed to show people the shark. They said that they kept it under like blankets and a big tarp. Why? And because they didn't want people seeing it. They was, they're they're shooting, shooting in Martha's Vineyard. It's a very uppity place. They didn't want locals seeing it to scare them off from. Oh, I get all it. Of or that. The, or they and they didn't want anybody. I mean, if you're if you're making a Jaws movie, you don't want. Oh well, here's the alien. It's or you know whatever. You, you're you want to you want to try to keep that under wraps and mm-hmm. and crew members snuck people. Uh, a photographer into so there's a famous picture that you see of the, sh- the if you look up Bruce the sh- the shark the jaws shark and it's of the opposite side of it because they had a head they had a right side a left side and they only had one side of the shark really that was oh wow and there's a big famous picture of that and it was in Time magazine before it was published in Time oh, magazine geez. before the the movie was no movie way. came out and Spielberg was like where the hell did they get that. Is because they had snuck somebody in there, but the, uh, supposedly, the, at one point George Lucas showed up to visit mm-hmm. uh, Spielberg, and he was Spielberg was excited showing him on the the gar- SS garage sale. He's showing him the whole thing, the 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 actual shark, and showing him Bruce because he's real proud of it at that point. And Lucas crawled in there, and Spielberg tried to close the jaws on him mm-hmm. and broke it. <laughs> and that was one of the re- one of the many times that they he said that they he broke it and they were just like oh let's get out of here <laughs> seriously yeah. yeah well and at that time George Lucas and and <coughs> Steven Spielberg really weren't big names or anything I mean no they, no one of them that's if you if do you, you know that to anything listen to Blockbuster yeah because you know that about they they traded Justin Jest yeah they traded percentages yes of the movies and Steven Spielberg made out like a bandit, like an absolute bandit. 
Yeah. I'll give you X percent of Star Wars. You give me X percent of Jaws. And it was like a. I, th- I think it was I, actually. I think it was actually uh, Close Encounters by that time. Yes, you're right. You're right. That's oh, really? Yes. Because um, sp- yeah, Close Encounters for Star Wars. That and they they shook hands on it because they both thought that they were sitting on duds, or they thought I think really Spielberg did. thought that he was sitting on something that was cool. Yeah, and then. Lucas was ready to hang his head in shame. He was. Over he Star was. Wars. He wasn't even sure it was going to get released. It had gone so far over budget, and and Could Spielberg you had getting finished an... Jaws, and it it came out and it was okay. And he was working on Close Encounters, and he had all kinds of problems with that too. He had all kinds of problems with it, but he kind of had a confidence that it was going to be okay. Right. Right. Lo and behold, it flops and. Star Wars. I mean, could you imagine getting an umpteenth of a percentage yeah. of Star yeah. Wars? Unreal. And they they held to it. He yeah. held to it, and he gave him the That's percentage, cool. which is pretty sweet. Do we have anything, Dad? Do you have anything else that you want to say about Jaws? What's your favorite scene? My favorite scene. Ooh. I mean, probably my favorite scene is the scar scene. It's yeah, gotta be, I love. I love the be, dialogue in the boat. It's got to be the dialogue in that. But I think uh, Quint Quint's Indianapolis speech, and uh, I consider that the same thing. Yeah, it's all the it's same all scene. that same scene. Well, actually, yes, I like that. Probably that. So that's yeah. the whole thing. So you get because it's a it's a shark movie, but it's really not about a shark. It's about these three characters. It really it's really yeah. about you know Brody and him trying to uh, you know protect this town and figure it out. Because in that scene, you get the scars, you get them laughing. You get Brody lifting up his shirt, and he's got, like, the appendix or <laughs> yeah, something that's scar it. that he's like, oh, do I show this? But then... Uh, Cooper's got some scars. And Cooper's got some scars. That was another one of those... That was a moment where... Because I remember watching that scene as a little, little kid mm-hmm. and watching you watch it, and I didn't have you the wherewithal... I didn't catch it, what he's doing when he, <laughs> when he lifts up and sees the appendix scar. <laughs> But I just hear you rolling, <laughs> and I'm like, "What? What's happening? What's going on?" He said, "That's his appendix scar." You know, I'm a little kid. I'm just, what, "What's an appendix?" Yeah. I don't have any idea. Well, my favorite part is is the dialogue uh, that night. Obviously, I don't know. It it obviously Kate brought sharks to mind. I mean, I remember always thinking about sharks. Always when you went in the water. After that, I mean, this is when I was in high school. It didn't stop me from going out in the water and body surfing. No. You certainly would would think about it. And I do remember from time to time when we used to camp at Halama Beach when I was a kid, occasionally you'd see a shark wash up, a dead one, wash up on the shore. And I remember seeing one time we saw one that was about five feet long. I have no idea what kind it was, but I was always fascinated with that or a whale or whatever. I remember, you remember we saw that walrus at Halama. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. That was bizarre. Seeing a walrus out in Live. wild. Yeah. Where? How How close were you to it? I think we were only like 50 yards yeah. from it. We didn't go very close. I just remember being terrified that I might run into that hermit. <laughs> <laughs> that was the you scariest thing. You were terrified of that hermit. <laughs> that was the scariest thing on the beach to me. Was a, oh, he was man. no longer there. He was there when I was a kid. But I know, I told, but, but I just told the these legend, stories about it. The legend of the hermit just of the Halama legend. Beach. Well, and you would always say it whenever we go to that beach. You know, guys, there was a when I there was a hermit that lived in this cave here. So every cave, every beach cave that we walked by, there might be a hermit. Like, what's a hermit? 
<laughs> now you just say it's a homeless person. <laughs> <laughs> That's from now on. I'm gonna call them home. I'm gonna call them hermits. Well, son, there was an urban outdoorsman right here in this uh, here cave. He was drinking a beer when he came in. <laughs> hey, Dad. Um, back to the beginning of this. Just thank you, thank you. For we I know we and all our friends love to bust your balls about all kinds <laughs> yes. of things, and and you're easy to uh, to pick on at times because you're such a good sport about it. But if I were to link my my love for cinema, I would link it to you. And I would probably link it back to this movie and this era of watching movies. And I'm just super grateful that you passed that on to us. Just like a, like I said, you changed the way that I watch movies and study them and enjoy them. And uh, we just really appreciate it. So thank you so much. Is there anything you'd well, like thank to you. defend yourself on from all the stories? We said a lot about you. Now nah, that's okay. Uh, no, I I I enjoyed uh, sharing that with you guys. I remember watching, you know, Tombstone, Jaws, the Star best. Wars. You love to root for the good guy. If I you would have said, I, I mean, I'm okay that you said Quint, but if you wouldn't have said Chief Brody, because you're you're a good guy through yeah. and through. Yeah, I like I'm been. the one that's like. Goodfellas, The Godfather. I like to root for the bad guy every now and then. Sure. That's hard for you to do. It that's is. That's why you grew a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> but Quint's a good guy. He is a good guy. He's just a cantankerous good guy. Yeah. After all, he was on the SS Indianapolis. Do you have any? And they delivered the bomb. They delivered the bomb that saved our young America. Love you, Dad. Love you guys. Very proud of you. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. We'll have you on again for sure. Okay. Because I think you're a crowd favorite. And you're our favorite. Do you want to come on again? Sure. We'd love, love to, to have you on again. I'd love to. Yeah. I think we should just call you randomly. <laughs> Chris <laughs> loves that. Uh, the calls. When we got to call you and you went, hey, Dad. Hello. And on that note, I'd just like to end on this. Farewell and adieu to you fair Spanish ladies. Farewell and adieu to you ladies of Spain. We'll, we'll see you get orders to sail back to Boston. And ever no more will I see you again. All right, go watch Jaws. Get your kids, gather the family, gather your loved ones around and watch Jaws. Grab your five-year-old, six-year-old. <laughs> Make it a lap. favorite pastime. <laughs> Once again, I want to thank the Chief for coming on and sharing the evening with us and recording this episode. Young American is recorded and produced in Lexington, Kentucky. The theme song in the beginning is original music by us, and the song that you're listening to right now is featured in Jaws. It's called Show Me the Way to Go Home. You guys stay tuned, and we will be back with you shortly. Show me the way to go home.